You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy Light It Up Wednesday, Acadiana. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. Met Miguez here. And by me calling it, it lighted up Wednesday. I, I am no way endorsing the, the activities that, that take place on April 20th. No way am I endorsing that. Just... Going with the puns, right? Going with the puns. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most, James Mesh. Man, he, he's he's dialed in, pushing all the buttons, rocking his Jay Tatum jersey again because he's an idiot and thought that the Pelicans, I mean, not the, Pelicans, the Celtics, oh, I'm the idiot. Oh, you know, <laughs> how the turntables. How the turntables have turned. No, but he thought the Pelicans, God. It would the make Celtics <laughs> played last night, but they didn't. It, it would make sense that they would play last night, though. Yeah, but did you read the schedule before you said it? No, because I'm a well. That's your own fault. I know. That's your own fault. But Anyways, now, but now it's just another day for me to wear it. It probably needs to be washed. Anyways, no, it does. How's your How's your Wednesday going, bud? It's going fine. That's good. How about that's you? Good. Uh, I'm here. Have you found Have you found a shirt yet in your size? For what? But you want you wanted to get a. Oh, I need a dress shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, for, I, I'm talking about for the. You oh, said the hockey was, shirt. Uh, yeah. No, I did not. No, you couldn't find one. No. So what we're talking about the the NHL. I'm a hockey guy, in case you didn't know. Um, and the NHL released a new line today called the Orange and Black Collection. Then the NHL logo back in you know the late '90s or so. Or. 80s and 90s, whatever time frame it was, it was like an orange and black logo, and and that was the the era of like the Quebec Nordiques and the Minnesota North Stars and the Hartford Whalers and so on and so forth. And so they teamed up with Champion and released this line of shirts with those teams' logos on them, and they are sweet. All, I found like five today that I want, and so far I've only been able to find one team. In my size. And it's none of my favorites. Like, like there's five that, like, if I, if I bought them, like, I'd wear it, right? But, like, I have them ranked in order of importance. And the one team that I found that was my size was, like, fourth. So, like, not, not, not special, right? Uh, so, pretty aggravated about that. Um, and also, the other, the other shirt conundrum that Matt Miguez is facing today is that I need a dress shirt to wear under my suit for the Pelicans game Friday night. First playoff game, your boy's gonna look your boy's gonna look right. I just gotta find the shirt. Just go to men's warehouse. So for 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 reference, the the suit is charcoal. So if anybody's got an idea for the color of a dress shirt that I should wear under a charcoal suit, and call the game hotline and let me know. 706 <laughs> Just wear, just wear your Zion jersey. Just wear and my put, Zion jersey. Put the jacket o- over, over it. Zion, yeah, and button. I, 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 yeah, I could do that. Could do that. I, I don't know how well that would go over. <laughs> it would be funny though. Oh. Okay. Poll question of the day: Should the Saints draft a defensive piece in the first round? So a lot of people have been talking about this. This conversation is starting to heat up. You know, guys like Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. You know, there's talks that Aiden Hutchinson might not be going number one. Could the Saints maybe make a move there? Is that even worth it? Cam Jordan is getting up in age. As good as he still is, he's getting up there. Would it be worth it to make a move like that? Now that you have draft capital. There's a lot of question marks, and and there's still eight more days to talk about this. Poor, poor, poor Kevin Foot. He's he's gonna go insane. I got here this morning, and man, he he looked at me. He he said, "Look, let me tell you why the, the Saints aren't gonna draft a quarterback." <laughs> They're like, 
Kev, you're only, you're only saying this to make yourself feel better, bud. Uh, I, I think I hate to say it. I think there's a legitimate shot to say State quarterback in the first round. I really do, and that scares me. <laughs> they go they go quarterback defensive line. God. Talk about a night and defensive line. I wouldn't be that mad at because defensive line is one of those positions you can never have too many of them. And it, it doesn't hurt to have another defensive right. tackle since if, you've if got so many edge rushers. If you're gonna go D line, fine. Go D line wide receiver. If you go one of the lines receiver, I'm cool in the first round. I'm good with it. Whatever way, because both are positions of need. I think both offensive line and defensive line are pretty deep in this draft. So whichever way you want to go first round, I'm cool with it. I just feel like you could wait on the D-line. You could. You really could. Because cause would it be really nice to have Jordan Davis? Yeah. he He's an athletic freak. But when you look at it, they move Davenport yep. and Cam and Peyton Turner and Carl. Like, they move everybody everywhere. So it's like there's no set position. So it's like you've already got so many edge rushers that could also play deep, right. play on the in the more inside. And you already got David on Yamada, and we've seen Shy Tuttle look pretty good in limited right. roles. Now, uh, I, I agree. You could wait on defensive line. If you go quarterback defensive line. If I hear quarterback at all. Next Friday will not be a Friday fun show. <laughs> will not. It's not going to happen. Friday freakout. It will be a Friday freakout. Matt's going to be mad. Matt only talks in third person when he's mad. It's not going to be pretty. Like, TikToks will be made out of me. TikToks will be made out of Matt. Yeah, right. TikToks will be made out of Matt. Very angry. Um, Also, never mind. Not going to say that. Matt, Matt, Matt Madness. Matt Madness. Matt Madness on a Friday. Well, we'll have to get it over the weekend. We'll have to get your assessment of the whole draft and be like, Matt's Monday Madness. Oh, man. Again, stay away from quarterbacks. Please. If you want to take a quarterback in the third round, go for it. Sure. All for it. Kind of a waste of a pick, but okay. I mean, yeah, but after the third round, I mean, what what are you really what are you really picking for? You're just you're just wasting a pick. Right, right. <laughs> like just go get somebody else. I mean, 78 70% of the time picks 4 through 7 don't make the roster anyway. So, I mean, every now and again, you get lucky like the Niners did with a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Injuries happen, and he steps up and runs for nearly 1,000 yards in his rookie season while only playing 10 games. What a freak. Stay away from quarterback. We got a little bit on a tangent there, but we have a shortened yet still massive show today. Uh, the Cajuns and Tigers played last night. It did not go in the direction of the Cajuns. Not even close, actually. We'll talk about that. Uh, Cajun softball still on the road in the Midwest and dominating. We'll talk about that. McNeese. Talk about Saints. Pelicans getting a massive win in Game 2. We'll talk about that. And <laughs> we, we, got the, we got the man Big Hurt. Brendan Ertel is going to join us at 5 a little earlier today since, we, since we're getting out at 5.30 to talk about Jarvis Landry coming home? Maybe? Interesting conversation. We'll talk about that. But as always, game hotline, 706-0111. Ring it off the hook. Let's go to it. Hey, Matt. What's going on? How's it going, man? Good. How are you? All right, uh, I'm, I'm colorblind to begin with, so not a fashion expert by any means of the imagination, but <laughs> it's just a classic white dress shirt. The most important thing is you, you got to get a Pelican's necktie or, or you know some cuff links or something like that. Ooh. A little bling. To go. Yeah, I, I, I got. Yeah, I, I, I could feel that. Yeah, classic white with a with a Pel's uh, necktie. You're good to go, man. And make make sure you cut a little. In your hairline, you know. Just oh, to, the, the the little Zion Z, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I, I've no, got a guy I mean, that could do that. Yeah, uh, 
But, you know, talking about defensive line, and, and here's a reason I, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I, I know it's not necessarily this year the, the biggest position of need, but, um, but, but I was reading an article uh, last week in that next year, uh, the, the list of free agents that the Saints will have, uh, they're not going to be able to re-sign all of them. And, and you know, Marcus Davenport and, um, is one of them, and Anumata, as well as Shai Tuttle, all uh, free agents next year, um, and, and as well as the guy from Kansas City whose name I can't pronounce. He's a more defensive end, but uh, going or whatever. Um, and, you know, so... You know, I know you could probably keep Davenport or um, or Anyamata, but both of them are going to yeah. command. If they, An- Anyamata, you know, Anyamata is not going to be back in twenty twenty three. Yeah, well, if, if he has any kind of season like he did, you know, it, it, of course he he does have an injury history too. But right. but if or not injury, he's more he was suspension right for uh yeah it was off the field stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. So you know, if you can get a guy, you know, a good interior lineman on a on a rookie contract, I, I, you know, and again, I know they have some flexibility with with Peyton Turner and, and whatnot, but um, but again, we haven't seen a whole lot of him to have a a good idea of the sample size. So it wouldn't. Let me put it this way: I'd prefer that than than quarterback in the first round this year. So we'll see. But man, it seems like it's taking forever to get here. Yeah, the the draft has taken a lot longer this year than uh, than most, and I think that's just because of how excited we are for it, right? I think so because you know we made these these uh, pre, you know pre draft moves when uh, ordinarily we do these things either on the eve of the draft or on on draft night. Um, so I think just kind of knowing we have you know not not knowing what they're thinking and knowing we have these picks is kind of throwing everything um you know uh, up for grabs but we shall see and, and listen I, I didn't get a chance to really look at the box scores or anything but but who ended up playing second base last night for the cajuns was it the guy that you recommended or 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 that um so so that, he, uh, you, you ready for this one ralph it was neither Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the, the the guys that I asked the question about to Matt Deggs was either Bobby Lede or Warner and Conus, and uh, and a great young fellow by the name of Jonathan Brandon played second base last night. Wow. Okay. Uh, hmm. I, I don't understand why, uh, but you know I'm not I'm not the head baseball coach, so I don't make the calls, right? Yeah, I, I guess he didn't want to ruffle feathers, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe maybe I should be the baseball coach. Maybe I know a thing or two. Well, you know, I thought if you'd have gone with your recommendation and they'd have pulled out the win, then you would have had to lobby for a consultant fee. I mean, no doubt. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, good luck, uh, man. I, I tell you what, I was so impressed with the, with the Pels. You know, even great game one, they never really gave up. But this is a gritty team, and, and I – I'm just just really proud of them, man, considering where they've come from. So yep. I, I, best of luck to them. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ralph. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend. All right, man. Take care. Hot take before we go to a timeout right here. The Pelicans are going to win the series. They're going to win the series. Oh. They're going to win the series. Are they going to go 3-1? Are mm. you going to have to do Tom's challenge? Mm. I think so. I, I really do. Okay. I mean, dude, if, if Devin Booker doesn't play, and 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 now this is if the Pelicans don't crap themselves. Yeah, the the you will have to make sure you don't do that. Uh, but if the Pelicans play the way they played in both Game One and Game Two, without Devin Booker, I think the Pelicans win both of those games at home. With the rocking atmosphere, the Smoothie King Center is going to be. Uh. I think the Pelicans win the series. I really do. I'll definitely feel better about that if they win on Friday night, which they probably will because I'll be there. I'll be the good luck charm. Once again, Pelicans winning last night, 125 to 114, behind 37 points from Brandon Ingram. And obviously, Devin Booker's injury had a, a large part to play in it. He left the game in the third quarter 
with a strained hamstring. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski today, they're still waiting for the results on the MRI that they took this morning, but it does appear unlikely that Devin Booker will play in either game in New Orleans on Friday and Sunday in the Smith King Center. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, we'll recap the Cajuns and LSU, and we have audio from the victorious head coach, Jay Johnson, here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In the NBA tournament, there's no sure thing except one. Bet at least $20 in same-game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook and you'll get an instant bonus, win or lose. That's right. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out, but you will get a chance as all customers have the opportunity to get a bonus in getting on the act. And the more you bet, the bigger your bonus. The same game parlay that I really like is Kevin Durant to score at least 30. I think he'll have a nice bounce back game. Kyrie to have at least three three-pointers made. Jalen Brown to have at least two three-pointers made. And that Jason Tatum will at least hit 30 as well. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Their app is safe, easy to use, and you'll get your winnings fast. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, just sign up today with promo code KLWB to make every moment more. So don't just watch the NBA playing tournament, be a part of it. Bet at least $20 in same game parlays and get an instant bonus win or lose. You must be 21 older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. Bonuses is non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $100. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call one 770 stop Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, so we're talking about the, this bet that we have with, with Ton. He's a guy that, that comments on our, our social media post frequently. And I met a bet with him yesterday that stated if the Pelicans – go up 3-1 in the series that I will do the punishment of his choosing. Now, granted, of course, the punishment of his choosing being that it's radio appropriate. Because obviously this would be done on air. So, radio appropriate, of course. But... So he comments on the poll question and says, so what is your absolute least favorite basketball team and your least favorite football team? To which I responded, for basketball, it's the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Nets. Ouch. And then for football, it's the Falcons and the Cowboys. I would have just said I absolutely despise the Saints and the Pelicans. Well, that would have been a lie. Yeah, I know. But it would have been a joke, and that was obvious. So, things could get interesting. He's going to have you a custom-made jersey, half of it. Is the Lakers Look, and hey, the other half is Cowboys. Hey, I might hate those teams, but if somebody wanted to gift me a jersey from them, I would not take it. And then on the back of the jersey, the name says Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death. <laughs> oh, man, don't forget to go vote on our poll question. Should the Saints draft a defensive piece in the first round? So far... 66% of you say no, and 33% say yes. Ton also comes in, need O-line and wide receiver first. And then, so he spelt it fists. So he posts another one with the autocorrect and says, Twitter needs an edit button. I do agree. Twitter does need an edit button. It really does. It really Really does. Do you know the pain of writing out 280 characters, hitting send, and realizing that you put a comma instead of a period? That is brutal, bro. It's brutal. You know. You know what I find interesting. It's not about Twitter, but it, it, it's it's about the potential of Jordan Davis being drafted by the Saints. Yeah. I'm looking at it. 
the Saints have only drafted two players from Georgia since Mickey Loomis came in. Only two. One of them was a corner in 2015 named Damian Swan. So obviously who? And right. the other one was John Jenkins in 2009. Again, who? So it's like they usually don't. They usually, The thing is, the Saints usually don't touch SEC all that much. They'll right. get Alabama. They'll get some Florida. But they don't really touch LSU and they don't really touch... Oh, many other SEC schools. I hate going through social media during the show because I we have a, a set conversation that we're supposed to have in this segment, and then I see a tweet that I want to talk about. If you could match up any two people, real or fictional, in an MMA fight, <laughs> who, who would you pick? Real or fictional in an MMA fight? Yeah, two people in an MMA fight, who would you pick? Who would you want to see duke it out? You'd have to give me a second. You Say yours first. I'll have to think. Ooh. <laughs> I would love to see Pat McAfee and Jake Lee. <laughs> I really would. That'd be fun. <laughs> I know that that came from a prior conversation, but... Can I see Jake Laser and Andrew Siciliano? <laughs> oh my god. Jay Glazer. I love I love Jay Glazer. I do. But man, he's he's so predictable. Like his mannerisms and, and what he's gonna say and how he's gonna say it. Like it's just so predictable. Uh, another another one that I would like to see is Stephen A and Skip. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Or um Dan Orvlosky and Marcus Spears. <laughs> Those two always go at it. That'd be fun. Uh, oh, man. Can, we, can I get Colin Coward and... How about Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd? <coughs> it says real or fictional. It does, but I... Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. That'd be fun. You think Bugs Bunny's got any MMA skills? We're getting off track here. He'd be like a metador. LA! <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, the reason, if, if you're wondering, the reason that we are getting off the air 30 minutes early today is because of Astros baseball. First pitch is at 540 from Minute Maid Park. They will take on the Angels. Tough loss last night for the Strohs, 7-2 to Again, against the Angels. Uh, Jeremy Pena did get that home run last night, though. So, we talked to Brian Lalima yesterday. He, he gave some shirts away last night. Because of Jeremy Pena's home run in the seventh inning. Tonight, pitching matchup for this game is going to be Jake Odorizzi, who is 0-1 on the year with a 6.48 ERA in eight and a third innings of work. He will face off against Shohei Otani, who is 0-2 on the year with a 7.56 ERA in 8.1 innings of work as well. Very interesting game tonight. Astros six and five, one and one at Minute Maid Park. The Angels are seven and five, and they are four and two on the road. So we'll see what's happening with that. Also, news of note: the Astros will wear their Space City jerseys tonight, which are wow, absolutely incredible jerseys. The starting lineup for the Astros, it'll be Jeremy Pena batting leadoff, Michael Brantley batting second, Bregman third, Air Jordan in the cleanup spot, Kyle Tucker fifth, Yuli Gurriel sixth, Nico Goodrum will replace Alex Bregman and bat seventh, Jason Castro behind the dish batting eighth, Jose Siri batting ninth, and once again, your starting pitcher is Jake Odorizzi. And you can hear all of the action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041. Lake Charles. Let's take a timeout. And when we return, we will get to that LSU UL baseball conversation. We have audio from Jay Johnson as well as Matt Deggs to to bring to you. And and we'll recap what went down in the game at Alex Box Stadium. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And it is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yeah. The game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. They have some of the best boiled crawfish, and they also serve up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pole boys, and a seafood buffet. Richard's Seafood Patio has it all. How do you win? Go sign up for the game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for your chance to score this $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio. Crunch time with me, guys, and mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. LSU and UL last night. Alex Box, Wally Pontiff Classic. Started off as a home run barrage. I mean, just an absolute hit fest. Trey Morgan hits a solo shot in the second. Cajuns answer very quickly in the third with Connor Kimple hitting a solo shot to tie it. And then the next inning in the fourth, Carson Rockefort gets a solo home run of his own to make it 2-1 Cajuns. But then here comes Jordan Thompson. We talked about Jordan Thompson being not being the best defender. We didn't say anything about his bat. A two-run shot to left field. 3-2 to two LSU. At that moment, you're thinking, okay, well, you're only down a run. But then a couple pitching mistakes and a couple fielding errors for the Cajuns gave LSU three more runs in that inning. Dylan Cruz singles up the middle to score Josh Stevenson and Braden Bear. And then shortly after, Kay Doty gets hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. You can't hit a batter with the bases loaded. And then in the fifth, you get a Josh Stevenson sack fly to score Jordan Thompson to make it 7-2. to And then Josh Pearson, that freshman maniac that LSU's got, hits a double down the left field line to score Braden Jobert to make it 8-2. to Cajuns would claw back in this one. With the bases loaded, Max Marshock would hit a single down the right side to score two to make it eight to four. But that would be all she wrote in that one. Here's my issue. Here's my issue. Your starting pitcher, Cooper Rawls. He went two innings, gave up a hit, a run. It was just that solo shot, and then he walked two guys. Question number one, why are you pulling him? Why did you not let him try to find his way out of trouble? And then question number two, is when you're down one nothing, why was your first thought to put in your Friday night starter on a Tuesday? Because now, you burn Brandon Talley. Talley's not going to be able to come back and pitch for you on, on Friday. Not on three days rest. There's no way. He's not going to be able to give you quality. He might go out there and give you three innings. But what good is that out of a starting pitcher? Starting pitchers need to go six at least. I mean, I know people say, oh, well, you know, if a, if a starting pitcher gives you four innings. No, forget that. Your starting pitchers need to be able to go for you. On a Friday night game, if I use more than three pitchers as a coach, I'm aggravated. No reason for that. Cajuns used seven arms last night. Seven pitchers. And and I know that that's how weeknight games usually work. You know, you use a lot of arms in your weeknight games. But... 
I mean, looking at Cooper Rawls went two innings. Brandon Talley went an inning and two thirds. Tommy Ray only faced two batters. Dylan Thoit based faced three. Chipper Menard went two thirds. Bo Bonds pitched an inning, and then you had Jake Hammond pitch two and a third. One thing you didn't need if you were the Cages last night is the performance that Ty Floyd gave LSU. Five innings pitched, four hits, two runs, struck out eight. Ty Floyd was dealing last night for the Tigers. And post-game, we spoke with the the man in charge of LSU, Jay Johnson, and he talked about Ty Floyd and his magnificent performance last night. Yeah, I mean, you had to be really paying attention, but he threw a great ninth inning at Mississippi State, the last inning of that series. And we've been working on some things, and uh, I thought he displayed them there. There's just the Arkansas, it wasn't like maybe the best matchup, you know, with their team and field. And, and so we didn't use him. He was really fresh, raring to go. This was a really important game tonight, and so we felt like he was the best option. The other part was... Um, we needed to be able to prevent them from doing some things, and we felt like he was the best. And then on the other side for the Cajuns, Matt Deggs had a very simple message. The pitching of UL is not what you need against a team like LSU. You know, we've got to finish that play right there, and, and uh, you know, you can't let things get out of control on you over here. And, and judging by the way we were underneath fastballs and this and that, I knew... Uh, we were going to have to use a couple of different guys to get out of that inning. And so uh, we're better than we played tonight. It's unfortunate because this was a huge opportunity for me, and I hate it for our guys. And then, you know, the other thing is, like I mentioned, Brandon Talley getting getting innings. I don't – I could be wrong. I don't think you're going to be able to use him this weekend, not in the way you want to, not in the way you need to. Against a team like Georgia State with a top 35 RPI in the country. You're not going to be able to use them the way you want to. And so Coach Deggs was asked, is anybody affected by the way that they were pitched tonight? No, today was bullpen, uh, Tally's bullpen day, and the other guys we were going to get into the game regardless. We were hoping it was different circumstances. Uh, but like I said, this was a huge opportunity for us, and, and uh, we were willing to do what it took to win the ball game. But we've got to function better offensively and, and be a threat and, and show that we're going to be able to score and do it consistently. Leaders for the Tigers last night, Dylan Cruz and Jordan Thompson, both getting two RBIs. Leading hitter was Jordan Thompson with two hits and four plate appearances. And then for the Cajuns, Julian Brock getting two base hits, but the RBI leader was Max Marshock with that two-run single up the middle. Cajuns getting their four runs on six hits. One error, they left four on base. LSU, eight runs, seven hits, one error, and they left seven on base. But again, you know, going back to, to Jay Johnson, he's very he was very pleased with the way that his team played last night, as he should be. I just, I'm really pleased with how we played. I think it started with Ty. I thought he was outstanding um, on the mound. Uh, you know, usual suspects of, of relievers did a really good job. So solid with the pitching. I mean, outside of one mistake, I thought we were very good on defense. And then offensively, you know, won a ton of hits, but it was really quality at bats. Uh, Trey's in the middle of the field for a, a home run. Uh, Jordan, you know, with two strikes and a man on third base and less than two outs, you know, not only got the ball in play, but had a home run. And then that inning being set up by a really good two strike at bats by Braden. Just, you know, he struck out left on left before, but to put the ball in play, uh, they made an error of Josh Stevenson. Tyler Robertson's hitting streak comes to an end at 13 games last night after going 0 for 3 with two strikeouts and a walk. He was named the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week yesterday. And then the, the other. You know, low spot for the Cajuns is the way that Kyle DeBarge's hitting has kind of declined. Five plate appearances last night, not a hit, not a walk. He struck out once, and he left three runners on base. And yes, he's a freshman. Yes, it was his first time playing in Alex Box. I get that. 
but his hitting has to improve if if you want to get an at-large spot in the regional, which the Cajuns are very poised to do so. they got a top 60 RPI. They've got one of the top strength of schedules in the country. They've got a good schedule. They play some good RPI teams the rest of the way. As long as they don't fall apart, the Cajuns can get an at-large bid, at-large bid regardless of if they win the conference championship or not. I firmly believe that. How they do it is going to be up to them. they got a three-game set with Georgia State this weekend. We'll talk about that a little later on in the week. Take a timeout right here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Pelicans game last night. We'll get you ready for the shortened hour number two. Here on the game, it's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you could be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to get four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Here on the game, 49 minutes after 4 o'clock. James, are, are you a little surprised that, that Five Names doesn't know who U2 is? U2? Yeah. No, don't tell me. No! You don't know who U2 is either? I don't know who that is. Oh my god. The Rock. Oh my god. Huh? Am I, am I that old? Am I turning into Raymond Parsh the <laughs> Third? You, you said you do want to be like him. How do you not know the band U two, the Irish rock band? Like Y O U? No, like the letter U two. They don't look familiar. So the night that the Saints returned to they played. Like Superdome. A, yeah. It was Green Day, right? Uh-huh. U2's singer was also on stage. Okay. You've never heard the song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For? I'd have to listen to it. But I still haven't found no. what I'm looking Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. That sound familiar at all. Wow. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old and I hate it. Okay. Um... Poll question of the day. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Should the Saints draft a defensive piece in the first round? Wow, everybody, nobody really wants a defensive piece. 70% say no. 30% say yes, James. Now, what if the Saints traded up into the top 10 to get like Derek Stingley Jr.? Well, that ain't happening. Would you be about that? Get another corner? I mean... Do you really need another one? You're not desperate at the position. You got Marshawn. You just locked him up. You just drafted Paulson, who has thus far proven to be your number two. You got Bradley Roby, who can be a fill-in piece, and you have Chauncey at the slot. So it's like, do you really need a trade up and use a bunch of draft capital to get this guy when you don't really need him? I mean, I'm not saying that you do. I'm just asking for your opinion. I, I'm s- I, I don't appreciate the attitude that was behind that answer. It wasn't attitude. Sir. I just, I'm more confused. I, it was just a... I don't... I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But it's also an LSU player, and they don't draft LSU players all often. Which, which is strange. It is very strange. Very, 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 very strange. They have a fascination with Ohio State players, but... And that's okay because they've worked out. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Malcolm Von Jenkins, Bell. Von Bell. Funny enough, Nick Vanette's also from Ohio State. Nick Vanette. 
<laughs> like it, it, it works Ginn. out. Ted Ginn, short time, short period of time that it worked out, but, but still, still worked the, out. The three years he was there, it was like, okay, you're, you're not too bad. Staying on the topic of New Orleans, the the Pelicans, man, the Pel, they're gonna make a movie about this team. <laughs> make a movie. Somebody should tell me that this isn't a storybook season. You start one and twelve, three and sixteen. Mind you, your number one overall pick from three years ago doesn't play a minute of the season. You throw everything at a CJ McCollum trade in February. You make the playoffs. Playoffs? As the eight seed, go play the one seed. Playoffs? Are you kidding me? You're lucky we can win a damn game. Anyways. Dude, Devin Booker just doesn't miss. You you go, you you play the one seed, you go to two games in Phoenix, and you take one of them. Hell, if you'd have shot a little bit better in the first half on Sunday, you might have taken both. <laughs> uh, Hannah just texted me. What'd she say? She said, damn, am I listening to Crunch Time or RP3 and Company? He's becoming the big, bald, and beautiful. Oh, <laughs> funny. Anyways, not important. <laughs> Irrelevant. You're Move right. On. You're right. Devin Booker can't miss. But you know you know what he is going to miss? Time. Playing time. Because, yikes. Uh, first of all, here, here's, here's, here's question number one. Why is a guy... I'm not going to say that Devin Booker is short. But he is shorter. What is he, 6'3"? If he's even that tall, why are you trying to do a chase down block? He's 6'5". Okay, still short for the NBA. Not really. That's about the average height. Well, the average height's about 6'7". Compared to Jackson Hayes, 6'5 is short. Well, yeah, because Jackson Hayes 6'11". Why are you trying to do a chase down block on Jackson Hayes? And then, why are you jumping? It's an effort play. That's yeah, an effort play that's going to cost you a couple playoff games. Because he landed on his leg awkwardly, strained his hamstring, and for all intents and purposes, he might be out the rest of the year. That's a costly move. I get why you wanted to do it. I get it's a hustle play. Good for you. Sometimes it's better to just let them score the two points and move on. In the contest last night, Brandon Ingram, 37, 11, and 9. Herb Jones with 14 and 3. Jonas Valanciunas with 10 and 13. CJ McCollum scoring 23 with 9 and 8. Larry Nance with 13 off the bench. And then for the Suns, Bridges with 19, Aiton with 10, Paul with 17, and Booker, Devin Booker with 31. In the first half. All 31 points came in the first half. When was the last time, James, that you saw somebody score 30 points in the first half? Mm, in the first half? That's tough. It's been a minute. That's tough. Because I don't even think Jason Tatum gets, like any of his 50-point games, I don't think he's gotten to 30 at the first half. That That is... That is special. Seven of eleven from three. He just could every shot he put up, and even the one right before halftime was on going the logo. In. It just went in. God, dude is dude is something else. He really is. Game three Friday night in the Smoothie King Center in the Blender. Eight thirty tip off. Your boy's gonna be there. He got his. I got my booster today, so that I could I could be in attendance. We are gonna go have some fun in New Orleans. Uh, once again, 8.30 tip-off from the Smoothie King Center. Hour number one is coming gone. Hour number two, Brendan Ertle will join us to top it off to talk some Saints and then open phone lines in the second segment. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Hour number two of Crunch Time. We guys and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Real quickly before we get into our interview is a Monmouth University law class has submitted a 82-page document to Rob Manfred to have Armando Galarga's outing from 2011, you know, the one where he had the perfect game and Jim Joyce at first base called him safe instead of out, to have it overturned to be a perfect game. Interesting to see what will transpire with that. I saw that during the break and just had to share. Anyways, who that Wednesdays? Let's bring in our guy, Brendan Ertle from Canal Street Chronicles. Brendan, good afternoon, my friend. How is the weather in Corvallis, Oregon? What's up? Doing good. Uh, the weather? Uh, I don't think I could use an appropriate word for the weather here, but let's just say it, it's awful. I hate it. Um, and my other thing is, can we submit a 82-page document to overturn the NFC no-call? Oh, yes. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. We absolutely should. Um, yeah, that's a, a, atrocious. But So question number one, and, and it's the conversation on everybody's mind in terms of the Saints. Jarvis Landry visiting with the Saints today. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you stand on that? Do you think the Saints are going to sign him? How would you feel about it? You know, so on and so forth. What I would say is, uh, obviously, they met with, I mean, look who they've met with this offseason, Tyre Matthew Jarvis Landry. I don't think you can get any more uh, excited as a Saints fan with, with those two names. Uh, but Tyre Matthew, his meeting was more of a, let's just tour the facility. Uh, we have interest in you, but it's not the right time. This, I feel like, is a little bit more of, let's talk numbers. Let's see where you are in terms of interest. Um, I don't even think they'd bring him in for a visit if, they were too far off on a number. I know earlier he was asking for some ridiculous number. Obviously had that meeting with Atlanta. After that, fired his agent. Uh, I, w- I would fire my agent, too, if he made me meet in Atlanta. Um, and so I'm hoping that today maybe they can talk, get get close on a number, maybe not get a deal done today or even before the draft. But I, I really think that, I mean, it could be between the Saints and the Browns, and I think the Saints can honestly offer a little bit more in the situation that they're currently in, uh, not tied up with, I mean, almost half a billion dollars of guaranteed money. Yeah, you know, that that's a sticky situation because the the, the Saints have, have walked away from moves due to due to cap issues. But you know what what do you think what do you think the asking price is for Jarvis Landry? Like what do you think he's asking for? That, that that is really tough because he was so high on himself early, and obviously that number hasn't been out there, or he'd be signed. Um, I, I would hope it's closer to ten than it is twenty. But at the end of the day, the football I've had to go through and watch, if they if they have to close pay him closer to twenty, fine by me. You go into the draft addressing a need that we have needed for the past what decade yeah. for my uh, next to Michael Thomas. So adding a Jarvis Landry. To an already, I mean, in terms of skill-wise, decent offense, and then you bring in Jameis Winston, more help. You bring in Michael Thomas, and all of a sudden, you have one of the best intermediate passing offenses in the entire NFL. And you don't, you can go into the draft not needing necessarily to take one of these wide receivers, but you can if you want to. And if you do, if you're in that opportunity. If you take the opportunity to take one of those wide receivers, you go from probably the league's worst group to one of the best. So whatever it kind of costs, if they're close, just do it. Chat with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. Now let's address another draft rumor. Defensive line. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on that? Do you think – I mean, obviously defensive line is a position that you can never have enough of. And it's all it's always really a position of need, even though even when it's not. But mm-hmm. like a guy like Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, if they're there in the first round when the Saints come up on the clock, do do you go for him? So here's the thing: if they get a deal done with Jarvis, you go into the draft not needing a wide receiver. Absolutely. If Jordan Davis is there, 
I mean, that's like Aaron Donald 2.0, but twice, twice as him. I mean, like almost double his weight, it feels like. Uh, and he is going to be, I feel like, one of the next Jeffrey Simmons uh, a impact guy like that. So if he's there, you absolutely do it. And, I mean, the Saints have already addressed defense tackle a little bit, but this would be, I mean, monumental for that defense. Don't think they need any more DNs. I really hope they don't take any DNs in the first round. I don't think uh, Huda Nation could, t- could take that. But if you address one of these needs, whether that be wide receiver safety before the draft, you can absolutely do that. And even if they feel like they can get something done with one of those guys after the draft, uh, whatever they feel comfortable with in the first round, I mean, that's what they traded for an extra pick. I mean, they obviously wanted two of these guys or wanted to move up or wanted some kind of flexibility. But if you address one of these needs right now, you can pretty much do whatever they wanted to. They could get a tackle and a quarterback. They could get a quarterback and defense tackle. They could get two wide receivers. I mean, the opportunities are endless. Now, coaching staff-wise, Dennis Allen, obviously a defensive-minded guy. You know, if you sign a guy like Jarvis Landry and you have two receivers out wide that aren't necessarily speedy, aren't necessarily burners, bigger-bodied wide receivers that will consistently get you catches, do, do you think that changes the Saints' offense at all? Uh, not, not, not a ton, honestly, because you have guys who, I mean, we really haven't seen Michael Thomas as a quarterback that can really sling it because, I mean, at, at the end of Drew Brees' career, it just wasn't there. And in, early, in, in the early part with Michael Thomas, it, it felt like he had um, a glimpse of not a deep shot receiver, but a guy who can hit you with 20, 25, 30-yard routes down the field. And you go back and look at those rookie highlights with Brandon Cooks. I mean, the wide receiver routes we've seen today uh, from back then, it's just a whole lot different. So I'm kind of wondering what this offense will look like with Jameis and Michael. Um, but regardless, you got two guys who – are one of the best at their position at the intermediate routes, the short routes. I mean, if they want to run quick slants every every play and be like playing Madden, I mean, they can't. They got two of the best at that position. And you obviously got Alvin Kamara. And um, then you turn to a guy like Deontay Harris who can take the top off the defense, Trey one Smith. But Pete and Sean's offense has always kind of been uh, run the ball successfully, intermediate routes, and we'll take our shot. So I don't think it's going to change a ton. I think – Jarvis Landry is, uh, I mean, everything we've ever wanted as a Saints fan. He'd be the perfect slot receiver and would allow Michael Thomas to get so much better matchups just in terms of double coverage and bracket coverage and things like that. But, I mean, I don't think any of us are opposed to adding another wide receiver. No, no, not at all. Chat with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. All right, man, I know you were watching the Pelicans last night. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that game? And I think – now that they, they have split and Devin Booker is going to be out for a little while, I think they've got a legitimate chance to win the series. What do you think? I think they had a legit chance before Booker got hurt. I Uh-oh. mean, remember, the media will always tell you this. Booker, when Booker went out, they were up three points, and the Pelicans were kind of staying in there. The The Suns were hitting every shot imaginable, and they were, the Pelicans were fighting. They were still in it. And that first game, the Pelicans probably missed shots that me and you could have made in that game. Just nothing was falling for them. It was just one of the worst shooting nights I've seen from them. And they only lost by, what, 11? Yeah. And in this game, too, uh, changed some things uh, on the offensive end, uh, took Jackson Hayes out of the corner, put him more in the post. And, I mean, Jackson was phenomenal in this game, too. But you come to game three, to New Orleans, um, split in the series, taking a game in the road, and now you don't have Devin Booker for probably these two games at home. I mean, they don't just have a shot to win the series. I think they have a really good shot. I mean, they had a shot before. And this team, this group with CJ, BI, and JV, they might be the eighth seed, but they play like a top five seed in the West. And, I mean, I don't want to get too far down the road, but I'm just really excited to see this team with Zion. And I, I know this, the, the blender is going to be popping off. And, I mean, on a Friday night, too, are you kidding me? So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Oh, dude, I'm so ready. I got a. Uh, I'm going to be covering the game for for the station, and I'm just, I'm so excited to be in the blender Friday night. <laughs> it I, is going to be buzzing. It, it's it's going to be it's going to be the first Pelicans game I've been to in five years. Wow! Uh, so I'm I'm super excited to uh, to be down there. 
this weekend. Brendan Ertle from Canal Street Chronicles has been our guest. Brendan, appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week before the draft. Yep, yes, sir. I'll, I'll see you soon, and uh, have fun at that game. Appreciate you, man. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. Before we take a timeout, I posted our poll question to Facebook. We've got three comments. Chance Doucette, negative, tackling wide receiver. Jamie Green says negative. On another note, is Mr. Miguez worried after that Pels win last night? Eh, a little bit. Not going to lie. And then Jude Miller says, no, take a quarterback. LOL. LOL. Also, that's got to be a troll. Oh, it's got to be. It has to be a troll. 100% got to be. You're a Celtics fan. Yeah. You're rocking your Jay Tatum jersey. Of course I am. I have a question for you. All right. It, it, it's about that time the players start arriving to the arena uh-huh. for the game tonight. Yeah. Did you see what Marcus Smart strolled up in? Yeah, I think. Well, I, I, I got a notification about it. Let me look at it now. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's a robe. Oh, look at Oh, he's. It, it's a boxing robe. Oh, he's swagged with out. the with the little. The he head looks thing. like he, he looks like he, he could be in Mortal Kombat. And then on the back of it, it says DPOY. Oh, sick. Okay, two questions. Okay, number one, why? Why? Why not? Number two, wouldn't it be DPOTY? Defensive Player of the Year. I don't make the rules. Because now people are going to say, who's Depoy? Oh, my God. No, I'm serious. No one. Only people who don't know what it stands for. Well? I think most people understand what Depoy means. I'd have, I'd have put the T in there. That's just me. I'd have said Depoty. But, I, that, again, that's just me. <laughs> I think that's just a you thing. That's just a me thing. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, quick update of the Twitter poll question. 73% say yes. And 73% say no. Sorry. 26% <laughs> say Dang, they, they really flipped the no. switch. Troy Abair comments, draft Jordan Davis. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just saying they generally don't touch Georgia players. If you sign, they, they if you don't. sign Jarvis and Jordan Davis slips to you at 16, you take him. 100%. 100%. Only if you sign Jarvis Landry. Only if you sign him. I, I'm still going to stick. If you don't sign a receiver, you need to draft a receiver at 16. Because after... I still say 19. Get the get the alignment out of the way. I hate to say it, but in terms... Offensive linemen that's so stacked in this class. Dude, 16 and 19 is going to make a world of difference in terms of receiver. You're talking a Chris Olave versus a Traylon Burks. Y'all sleep on Traylon. He's he's a good receiver. Y'all sleep on him. He's a good receiver. He's not Chris Olave. He's not Chris Olave. Chris Olave might go out and win offensive rookie of the year year one. Like he's that type of guy. I would I'd be okay with Traylon Burks. I think he'd be a good player for the Saints, but he's not Chris Olave. So. The only way I say you don't draft Chris Olave at sixteen. So you say you say Chris Olave six because I, I mean I could see it if he's if, it, he, if he's, you if he's there one hundred percent you take him and then you then you just kick dirt and just wait till like the second or third round to get the O lineman. I guess either that or or, or nineteen because I mean if you think about it on, on most mock drafts right there you've got Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa you've got Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan the thing is Bernard's almost twenty five do you really want to He's your first rounder on a twenty-five-year-old. I mean, I get he's good, but like, that's still ten years. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather get somebody that's a little younger that's just as good. Yeah, I, that doesn't have as much tread on the tires. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Be interesting. I can't believe we have another eight days to 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 talk about this because I'm going to go insane. It's not. It's not going to be healthy. What What's going to transpire? We only got about thirteen minutes left in the show. Let's take a timeout, and when we come back, we will wrap up today's show, and we'll take you out to Houston for the Astros and the Halos. 
on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, and it is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 20th, 1988. The Baltimore Orioles set a new Major League Baseball record by starting the season 0-14. The Orioles would extend their own historic start by beginning the season 0-21. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yeah. It's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain's going to be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns this Saturday, April 23rd, to Angel Hall on the campus of UL Lafayette. The comedy event, with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force, will feature comedians and entertainers Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan. KADN news anchor Jeff Horshack and our very own guy Raymond Parsh III, you know him as RP3, will serve as co-MCs for the event. Tickets only cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com. Crush time with me, guys, in Mesh 522 on this Light It Up Wednesday. James, do me a favor. Let's take eight seconds of our time and, and play this lovely, lovely clip that is going to stay in the Crunch Time soundboard for eternity. Somebody been smoking and drinking. Somebody been smoking and drinking. Somebody been smoking and drinking. Thank you very much, sir. So... The, the beautifulness of, of this clip is that it can be used for a multitude of reasons. When a national news guy says something that we think is crazy, he's been smoking and drinking. If a caller says something crazy, somebody's been smoking and drinking. If James says something crazy, which happens at least once a day, somebody's been smoking and drinking. And then if there's you who says at least once a segment. Whoa. Whoa. Then we're going to be playing this Hold a on. lot. Hold on. Hold on. Just that, that that's wrong. That's wrong. It's not. That's wholly inaccurate. That is wholly inaccurate. Keep making predictions for games. <laughs> Astros win tonight. Oh, okay. We're going to might have to play this now. Or I'll wait till tomorrow. Astros win tonight. Celtics lose. Oh, oh, we're definitely got to play it. Um, Astros win, Celtics lose. Okay. Um, I said Cajun softball would win, which they did in dominating fashion, eleven to two. Um, <laughs> that happened in the middle of the day. What what else? What else have I been wrong on? LSU baseball is going to sweep Missouri. Cajuns are going to win the series against Georgia State. No sweep. No sweep. Oh, no sweep. He didn't want to get too bold. Two out of three. It's on the road. It's a good team. I'm not going to say we're going to sweep. If we sweep, I'll be thrilled. Two out of three. And the Saints don't take a quarterback. So there's my list. Keep your seats. They're going to go quarterback kicker. I could see I could see Kevin Foot now just absolutely uh, losing his mind. When was I would like to see this. When was the last time the Saints drafted a kicker? No, no, no. A kicker gets drafted in the first round. Well, Robert Aguirre got drafted in 2015 the second round by the Bucks. A brief history of 19 times a kicker or punter was picked very early. Mike Nugent in 2005 was picked in with the 47th overall pick. Sebastian Janikowski. Oh my God, there was somebody picked earlier than him. Sebastian Janikowski in 2000 was picked with the 17th overall pick by the Oakland Raiders. Um, let's see. He was a pretty good kicker. In 1979, Russell Urkelbin. Oh, of course it was by the Saints. 11th overall. They took a kicker. This would be the presently incarcerated Russell Eckerbin. 
Former kicker was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison in 2014 for his involvement in foreign, foreign trading scams. Nice. That was a punter. Well, it says kicker. Uh, I'm looking on Pro Football Reference, and he, he was listed as a punter. Yeah, it says right here, as for his NFL career, he only lasted six seasons, though he did manage to get some chances to take on the role of kicker, making four field goals and seven extra points in his career. But he was predominantly a punter. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, in 78, the Cardinals took a punter 15th overall. Ray Guy got picked 23rd overall. Oh, yeah, that's true with the Raiders. I mean, the Ray Guy Award. Uh, that's fine. We'll allow How it. about... He is the only punter that has been... A Hall of Famer. How about Charlie Gogolak in 1966 by the Washington Redskins? You ready for this? He, he was a kicker. Fifth overall. Sixth. Oh, close. Are you kidding me? Hey, man. You got to get points when you can. Before the Grammaticas, there were the Gogolaks. Indeed, Charlie and his brother Pete were the first family of NFL kickers. The brothers once combined to kick 14 extra points in a single game. A 72-41 to 41 Redskins victory over the Giants in 1966. He remains the highest selected kicker in NFL history and the only one to get picked in the top 10 of the draft. I would hope so. <laughs> wow. With the, with the 16th pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints select... I don't even know a kicker that's in the draft this year. I can find one. Oh, Cameron Dicker. Cameron Dicker. <laughs> from yes. Te- from Texas. That, te- I can still remember they, they won a game on a walk-off field goal. And the commentator, the play-by-play guy, Dicker the kicker. Dicker the kicker. Dude, dude was losing his mind. How about this one? How about this one? With the first overall pick in the 2022 oh, NFL draft, no. a Jacksonville Jaguars select. Jordan Silver. Long snapper. Arkansas. There we go. <laughs> That's the one. Talk about some NFL history. Could you imagine? Oh, no. That would be something. A picture has been posted of the Astros in their Space City jerseys. Man, dude, they're so sweet. <laughs> they're so sweet. The NASA font, the mission control grid on the sleeves. The only thing I don't like about these jerseys or the uniforms is the number on the pants. That's weird. The, the number is, like, right on the hip. I find that very, very strange. I just, I, I don't know. I think that's very weird. So, speaking of the Astros, our, our, our show is being cut 30 minutes short due to first pitch of the Astros and Angels at, 5, at 540 here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. You can hear the game right after us here. So, we're going to take you to pregame here in a few minutes want to take this opportunity to thank our man Brendan Ertle for jumping on this week to talk Jarvis Landry, to talk the draft, and, and, and some more Saints news. We even got some Pelicans in there. James, you want to do one last update of the poll question? Nope, James is telling me that we need to get out. That's going to do it for this episode of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Be safe, be well. Hug your mom and them. Have one hell of a Wednesday. And we will talk to y'all tomorrow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.